Welcome to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa Caprio. Do you believe in magic? What if you were told that all you had to do was get a little creative and work a magic spell to bring anything you can imagine into your life? Here on Postcards to the Universe, we will share manifesting, tips, postcards, creativity, abundance, and prosperity. Here is your host, Melissa Caprio. Hello and welcome to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa, creating the life you crave. So how's your 2021 going so far? I hope well. Um, It's been an interesting 13 days to say the least, but I have a feeling this is going to end up being a much better year than 2020 was. So I'm just going to hold that intention. It's not always easy to stay grounded with all the chaos going on, but it's important um, that you can find whatever practice you use to keep yourself centered and at peace. The way that I deal with a lot of... um, of it for myself, it's reading or listening to spiritual authors. And right now, I'm re-listening, because I've listened to her before, but I'm listening to Carolyn Mace. And I'm finding her no-nonsense prose very grounding. Her talks on mysticism and spirituality really resonate with me. I really believe she is a modern mystic, and I'm listening to her latest, um, she just released, it's called The Power of Holy Language to Change Your Life. And basically, it talks about the language we use in our mind um, and in our life and what we speak, and that ends up shaping our life, how we talk to ourselves and how we talk to our to other people, how we talk to our higher self or spirit or God or whatever you want to call it, has a huge influence on our spiritual and emotional body. Um, For me, reading, or in my case, listening, I've been listening, I like to listen to Audible a lot, Uh, listening to literature like this or fiction, which I love, is what helps me tremendously. Anything that expands my mind is very grounding for me. Everybody has their things that work for them. But listening things that ex- to, to things that expand my mind and make me think and make me ponder is really, really grounding for me. <clears throat> um, in a few minutes, my guest, I'm going to bring her out. I have a great guest today, lawyer and author, Liani Kotcher on. And I'm going to bring her out just in a couple minutes. But you guys know I like to talk about my Magic Monday message first and talk about what's coming up. So this week's Magic Monday message has the affirmation, discover your passion. We all have our passions or we all have something that we're passionate about. It doesn't mean that it has to be something you make a living at, but just ask yourself what gives you a spark. What is it that you do that makes you happy, that makes the time go by fast, that when you're doing it, you feel joy or contentment? that lights a fire under your ass. It gets you inspired. It makes you think or get creative. It makes you feel. That is where your passion is. My passion is usually in my creativity, making photographs, writing, having the show, talking to other people who inspire me that I meet and have as guests. That brings passion to my life. And recently, I've gotten the creative spark to write my second book. I've been thinking about it for a while, but I started yesterday officially putting words on paper. And of course, it will have my photographs, so I feel really excited about it. My only advice I would give to anybody right now is if you are struggling, is find what inspires you and commit to doing it every day if possible. If not every day, then at least a few times a week and see how you feel. And if you're looking for inspiration, please come over and find me on my public Facebook group, Postcards of Love, to see beautiful images and inspirational and joyful posts. You can join if you feel so inspired. And if you, you can find me on all my social media platforms where you can see my weekly Magic Monday messages. I post them every Monday. Uh, Today's energy is exciting. It's a new moon, and I was reading this on Elite Daily, titled The Emotional Meaning of January, The New Moon Encourages Growth. The new beginning stemming from this lunation happening at midnight Eastern time on January 13th at exactly 23 degrees Capricorn will revolve around career matters and your sense of authority in the world. 
However, now that Capricorn's ruler Saturn is officially transiting through Aquarius until the year 2023, a fresh and innovative layer is added to the mix. One thing that's also important to consider during this time is we have now trans transitioned into the age of the element air individually as well as the collective. The great conjunction between Jupiter and Saturn that occurred during the 2020 winter solstice marked the beginning of a new era of reality. And since this took place on the first day of the cardinal season, its effects will be felt more prominently up until the springtime. Keeping this in mind, this is an opportunity to shift your focus from tangible to intellectual. Despite its darkness and enigmatic mystique, the divine fertility of the new moon phase is essential to the core foundation of your greatest accomplishments. How can you cultivate its magic and integrate it into your personal life? Everything has a beginning and an end because the journey of spirit via the human experience is cyclical. The beginning of a lunar cycle or the new moon phase is symbolic of rebirth, renewal, and new beginnings. And to learn more, go to, um, go to the new moon encourages growth at Elite Daily online. You can find that online and you can read the rest of the article. It's really, really interesting. Okay, so next week, quickly, I just want to mention, I'm going to have my very good friend, Ade Anna Fawoshe, who's a visionary channel, healer, intuitive, transformational agent, life coach, podcaster, artist, and writer. The philosophy of self-empowerment is the thread that runs through all Ade's talks, workshops, healing sessions, and spiritual gatherings. I'm really looking forward to having Ade on my show, and you guys are going to love him, so tune in next week. All right, to get to my amazing guest today, I'm really excited to have her with me. She has some great information to share with us today. Okay. Liani Kotcher is a former trial attorney turned fiction author and blogger who makes learning intellectual property for creatives easy to understand and entertaining. She has over a decade of experience as an intellectual property attorney at one of the top law firms in the world where she handled complex actions involving intellectual property, trade secret, and entertainment and sports law. Now she's a creative writing fiction under the pen name Rectoc Ross and has written and published an Amazon best-selling young adult romance titled Prodigal. It's Liani's goal to make learning business for creatives as simple, accessible, and entertaining as possible so they can focus their time on what really matters creating. Welcome Liani. Thanks so much for being here with me today. How are you? Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> yeah, and you can find all of her information on, um, okay, I'm going to spell it for you guys. I'm going to say it first. It's rec. It's rectocross.com, right? Rectoc? Yeah. Am I saying it right? Yeah. It's S.com. That way people can look you up if they're listening right now on the show, right? And they can see what you're about. And I have to tell you, Melissa, that was such an amazing introduction. I was listening here on my end, and you hit so many of my favorite areas. You talked about, you know, inspiring yourself with books, which is huge for me. And then you mm -hmm. talked about passion, igniting your passion. So I really resonated with what you said in the introduction as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, well, you're creative. I know you, you know, your brain, you obviously come from the left and the right side, a lawyer and an author. So you work yeah. both sides. A lot of us are one or the other, you know, I'm more creative. I'm not as, as good at that other, the, the uh, intellectual, the analytical sides of some people, but why don't you share a little bit about who you are in your background? So for people who are listening and hearing about you for the first time, so they kind of get to know you. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up in South Florida. My mom was a an elementary school teacher. So from a very young age, she really instilled in me a love of reading. And that's really just grown as I've, you know, gotten older. Um, mm -hmm. I just I love books. I love fiction. I love nonfiction. I love all of it. I also at a young age really enjoyed writing. Um, you know, I remember doodling even like in elementary school and middle school, all these little short stories. And I think if my life had been a little different, I might have gone straight to like a liberal arts college to write but mm -hmm. my family really instilled in me at that time and you know I'm an 80s baby so mm -hmm. I hope others 
can relate to this, but back when <laughs> I was growing up, it was like, you got to make a living. You got to get a real job. You got to go to college. You got to get a degree. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. we live in such an amazing, fun, creative golden era for creators where people are really encouraged through social media and, you know, blogging to get the message out there and share their art. But when I was growing up, that was definitely mm-hmm. not the thing. So I went to University of Florida, go Gators. Mm, me, and, too. Um, me too. Me <laughs> too. Yeah. For a short, yeah. <laughs> for a little while. Yeah, I was there. I know. <laughs> I love it. Um, I got a journalism degree, went straight to law school, University of Miami, graduated pretty quickly. I got my first job and really my, I was there for my entire law career at a major law firm, major international law firm. I was started in Dallas, in Dallas, Texas, and then they moved me out to San Francisco, um, probably over 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I, you know, I always want to get back to the writing. I started taking on the side when I can fit it in, you know, late, late night, uh, mm-hmm. weekend classes and courses, reading all of the books to learn how to write, how to really write as a fiction author, because it's very much a learned skill set. And mm-hmm. I made the leap about two or three years ago and decided, you know, I'm about to, at this point, I'm turning 41. But at that point, it's like, you know, I'm, a, I'm close to hitting the 40s. Now's mm-hmm. the time to really follow my passion, like you talked about mm-hmm. earlier. And I made the leap to go to, um, I blog about books and writing full time. I write, so I've got my second book coming out, uh, my first with a, a publisher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sea Weekend is coming out in October. It's a young adult survival thriller. I write books for teens, although they do have crossover potential. I think that a lot of uh, adults as well will enjoy it. And then I recently got back in touch with my legal side as I was mm-hmm. getting deeper immersed in the world of creatives and writing and just really meeting all of these people and understanding where they were at. I was realizing there's this whole universe of creatives mm-hmm. that just like you said, they're so mm-hmm. in touch with the creative side, but they don't understand the protection aspect and how to, you know, they're creating these amazing works, but they know how to protect them. And I really feel called to, to help and really make sure that all these people are not taking advantage of because it's just such a one-sided industry, the publishing mm-hmm. houses, the, you know, the music industry, um, you know, the, the music companies, the film industry, the film studios, they have all the power and mm-hmm. the artists really don't. And so it's mm-hmm. about educating yourself and really understanding and lawyers are so expensive. So that's mm-hmm. where I'm at today is trying to help, help as much as I can also work on my fiction. Wow. So you still have your law degree then? You're just not with a firm anymore? I do. I'm actually licensed in both Texas and California. So I have Very cool. <laughs> Very cool. Well, <laughs> it's interesting because... Um, and we're going to, you know, really kind of delve into this for, for people that are, because I have a lot of creatives that listen to my show, a lot of other artists and photographers and authors and stuff. And, um, you know, with social media, like you said, 80s, it was a very different world, right? But now with social media, all our stuff is out there online and it's really easy to take it. It's really easy to use it. And I've been seeing as a photographer, this has happened specifically to me. I have seen other people take my photographs and use them as their own, right, on their posts and not give credit. You know, first of all, who says that just giving credit is enough if you're actually using it? But, you know, there's there's business practices. Businesses have been doing that to some photographers too, which is kind of shady because they can certainly afford to pay for for the use of the image, right? So I want to like kind of jump into, first of all, what is, what is even considered intellectual property? So people, because people may be like, what are they even talking about? You know, so what's considered our intellectual property or creative property? Sure. So it's a body of law designed to protect the creative um, works that people come up with. So there's a couple of different areas of the law that protect this. So I mainly practice copyright and trademark law. So copyright Mm -hmm. protects ideas. So not, not necessarily. So I have to be really clear with this. It's not just the idea. It's the actual putting the idea down. And there's, there's a whole lot and I don't want to go too much into detail and lose people, but there's a whole lot of it's regulated under the copyright act. There's specific elements you have to meet, but basically it's like the, the concept of the idea of a work. So uh, you know, examples will be literary works, so stories, mm-hmm. plays, mm-hmm. novels, poetry, blog mm-hmm. posts, um, you know, even your, if you do like me, an online course, 
the way your online mm-hmm. course is presented, your PowerPoint, if you're a filmmaker, it's your, it's your, your movie, your TV mm-hmm. show. That's mm-hmm. one area. Another area of intellectual property law is trademark. So that protects mm-hmm. you know, the business investment you make in your, your service mark mm-hmm. or your words. So that's mm-hmm. something that's going to protect you know, McDonald's and so no one else is out there calling themselves McDonald's. Or even mm-hmm. in the literary sense, something like a Harry Potter. So you mm-hmm. can trademark a title right. of a series, like a very well-known series like Harry Potter. And then the area that I do not practice other than I did some litigation, but to, you know, you really have to have a very specific background and engineering degree and that's patent law and that protects inventions. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. That's another yeah, animal. I, yeah. Whole other animal, whole other animal. And I, you know, I, I definitely have done some litigation on it, but I, you know, I kind of avoid that area. It's definitely not my, my sweet spot. My sweet spot really is copyright and trademark. Although for the creatives, it's really uh-huh. copyright. It's the number one most important thing that people need to be aware of. But yeah, because uh, well, it's any of that stuff. Yeah, so so yeah, and and copyright um, and trademark, uh, like I. I, when I first started postcards to the universe, I found a um, a trademark attorney, and I had it trademarked. So I'm officially trademarked. So that means somebody can't use my name, can't do anything under without, yeah. So which was really good to protect myself because in my mind's eye and my vision was I was going to have a series of books. I'm going to have products. I'm going to have this. I'm going to have courses. I'm going to have all of this, you know? So I had already had that vision. So I'm like, I need to protect myself, but I just noticed the time. So let's take our break like right now, and then we'll come back in two minutes and then we'll get, we'll get into more about that. Stay tuned. That sounds great. Hi, I'm Melissa Caprio from Postcards to the Universe, creating the life you crave. Do you believe in magic? What if I told you all you had to do was get a little creative and work a dream spell to bring anything you can imagine into your life? Well, guess what? I've got the spell for you. Postcards to the Universe, a global movement for manifestation, is a casting magical tool for you to use whenever you want. How does living in passion sound to you? Join me in my movement where you get to create in the magical playground. Let's think outside the box and do some playful conjuring. By casting out our desires with a manifesting postcard, we explore our hearts and allow the alchemy of our dreams to appear. And don't forget to tune in each week here on Ohm Times Radio with my show, Postcards to the Universe, Creating the Life You Crave at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I share tips on creativity, abundance, and prosperity, and you will be introduced to the coolest guests, trailblazers, mystics, and creatives who enrich our lives. Welcome back. So if you're listening to the first segment, my guest today, former trial attorney turned fiction author and blogger, Liani Kotcher is on. And we're talking about protecting us creatives, protecting our um, intellectual and, and artistic property, our rights, because especially now with social media, it's really easy to grab stuff. So what do we do about copyright? Do we have to hire an attorney? Like, what can we do? Yeah, so I can... So a few things. So just to be really clear, because we talked about this just really briefly, but I want to make sure, because one of the first things I go over with people teaching them about IP is that it's mm-hmm. not, when I say idea, it's really like the intangible creation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's in your head, but to actually be protectable under copyright law, there's a couple of elements. So, I mean, I won't go into too much detail, but I don't want people mm-hmm. to think like, oh, I had an idea for a vampire <laughs> right. book. And <laughs> right. then I like, saw the vampire book. And they stole my idea. So I just, yeah. just in case we have a couple people that aren't super familiar, I want to, mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, as a service, I have to make that really clear. It's also, you know, it's got to be put in a tangible format. So you've got to mm-hmm. write it down or, you know, film it or whatever. And it's got to be on, um, you know, it's got to have some originality. So there's, mm-hmm. there's other things it needs to have. But generally, if we're talking about theft, which is what you're interested in. So mm-hmm. you gave the example earlier before the break of, mm-hmm. You've got a photo and then someone, Mm -hmm. you know, you see your photo somewhere else. So the first thing I always tell, and the idea is a little different if you're a photographer versus a writer or whatever, but if Mm -hmm. we're talking about photographers on social media, the first thing I always say is that you really need to watermark your Mm -hmm. photos. If you are, Mm -hmm. and, and the thing about copyright and the thing about the law is you really 
have to do a deep dive into your business and what's mm-hmm. important to you. And not every creator is going to care if their work is shared. They might right. actually enjoy that. So right. it's really up to you how you want to run your business. But if you care and you know you want mm-hmm. and you're totally entitled to this, if you want to be compensated or you want to be credited, whatever, the first mm-hmm. thing you really have to do is put a watermark on. And mm-hmm. that serves a couple of functions. So it you know, it lets people know, hey, this is my work. Mm-hmm. So they know that it's not whoever shared it, that they don't own it or it's not theirs. Mm-hmm. It also right. serves as an advertisement for you. Mm-hmm. Someone might stumble upon it and say, you know, oh, my God, Melissa Caprio, like, I love her photos. Let me see what else she's done. And then, mm-hmm. you know, they go find you on the Internet or whatever. Right. But from a legal perspective, it also mm-hmm. serves a really important function as notice. And under the Copyright Act, one of the things that it's not required anymore, it used to be required in order, uh, you know, to get damages or, you know, during your lawsuit, but mm-hmm. it's now considered, it's not a requirement, but it does help negate, there's what's called an innocent infringer defense mm-hmm. in a lawsuit, which means if someone innocently stumbles upon your photo and they use it, use it, use it, and they didn't know it was yours, then, you know, sometimes they don't have to pay damages. They're not at fault. Right. But putting right. that notice on, that means that that negates that defense because they, they can't say they didn't know, right? So they right. Know. So there's a lot of different reasons why I always encourage people to put watermarks if it's important to their business. Some people yeah. don't care. Some people are just creative mm-hmm. and they want people to see their work and they think the watermark, you know, ruins the artisticness. Yeah. Of yeah. It. And that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. Like, I, you know, I'm not here to teach you what is important to you in your business. I just like to educate people so they can yeah. make, you know, a smart decision about it. Yeah. So So what I do, that's good. So what I do is when anything has to do with when I'm taking a picture of the postcards or the book, I have a stamp that I actually paid for to use and I had it made by a a logo person. And that's what I use as my little copyright. So in those instances, those photos, yeah. But a lot of times when I'm just having fun, I'm bored and I'm just creating something. I'm having fun. I'll post it and I don't put like, a, I don't put anything. I don't watermark it. I'm just like, whatever, yeah. you know, this is just for fun. But when it comes to the postcard business, yeah, I'm more serious about it when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And that's totally up to you. I mean, I don't watermark. You can go look. I'm at, I'm at Rep Talk Ross. That's where I'm at at every single social media. So you can see me on Instagram and TikTok and mm-hmm. Facebook. And if you look at my Instagram, I don't watermark any of my photos. And it's just, it's not how I make my business. Right. For me, it's not really important. I'm not mm-hmm. a professional photographer. So, you know, that's not what I do. But if you are a professional photographer or you're, right. you know, an artist, <laughs> that might be something that you, you know, that you right. want to do through your business. And certainly on your website. If of you're course. Photos as your business. But right. I would also right. put it on social media. And then so what, a, what do you do? Like, like bloggers, like you write blogs. So what do you do to protect your blogs yes. and, you know, authors and stuff? So what do you do there? So a couple of things, and this is actually one of my things that I, I've actually posted about today. My, one of my number one tips I talk about in, in my courses, and I've got some free classes as well, is putting a copyright notice on your website. So I'm a writer. So, you know, I've got a blog and that's mm-hmm. where I put a lot of my writing is up on my blog. So mm-hmm. I, my notice, not, I don't have a watermark. My notice is in my footer. If you go to my website, www.rectalkross.com, mm-hmm. you'll see at the very bottom, if you scroll all the way down, there's a little copyright notice. And mm-hmm. I actually sent out like a little message in my newsletter and on my social media today, reminding everyone that it's 2021. So mm-hmm. if you already have your website notice from, you know, years past, you might want to update it. If you mm. are consistently posting new information, because yes, thank you. Works, <laughs> yes, thank you. I got to check when I get off with you today. I'm going to go check. <laughs> a lot of people forget this. And, you know, it's not like the worst thing in the world, but it's just it's not the proper way to do it. So you mm. really want to have the, the date. There's a proper way to give notice, and it's supposed to be the date of first publication. So if you put a new post up, you know, in 2021, then the mm-hmm. proper way to show that is to have the date should be, I, I like to do like a collection of dates. So my website went up in 2013. So I've got a little mm-hmm. dash 2013 to 2021. Got it. Right. So you like to have it. Yeah, that's a good idea. In fact, I will when we're off the radio yeah. today, I'm going to go check. Yeah, <laughs> like, no, I don't know because right. I have a hosting site. So I don't know if it automatically updates it on its own. Thank you know you. what I mean? I have to, I have Thank to check. You. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, 
if, if your stuff is on a website for me, blogs or whatever, it's on my website. Mm-hmm. Uh, author, completely different. That's a different question. So that's usually, um, there's a, a copyright page in a book. And it's usually in the very beginning yes. of the front matter. Yes. And that's where you're going to put your copyright notice. Right. And so there's and- a really specific place for that in a book. Right, and a publisher will do that for you, but if you are self-publishing, it's something you have to do. That is for correct. Yourself. And there's also, yes. that is absolutely mm-hmm. correct. There's also, um, I mean, I can't say all publishers, but yes, generally, like, that's the publisher, that's what they're supposed to do. That said, you can't trust everyone, and mm-hmm. I think if you're, like, at the big five houses, you mm-hmm. know, Random House certainly knows what they're doing, but, mm-hmm. and I'm with an indie publisher, so this is not a knock at all. I love indie. And I, mm-hmm. I signed with one. So I am with one, but not every indie publisher uh, or hybrid publishers mm-hmm. uh, know everything about copyright or, you know, do it the proper way or whatever. So it's still your responsibility as the author mm-hmm. to make sure that it's being done right and that the notice is in there and that, you know, the publisher has filed for copyright notice or that you file it yourself for your book. Okay. Which is a different topic. That's a different topic. That's registration. But right. But yeah, they generally, if you self-pub, you need to do that yourself. You need to have a copyright page. If you've got a publisher, they're going to put in the book for you. Okay. So let's say, for example, you're a blogger, so you blog a lot. Let's say you just happen, somebody says, hey, just so you know, I saw somebody took your, you know, copied your blog and posted it as their own. Now you're an attorney, so you know exactly what to do, but let's say you're not an attorney. Pretend you're like like the people listening today yeah. <laughs> who would have no idea and are like, oh my God, yeah. I cannot get an attorney. I just can't afford it. So what can you do to, you know deal with that like to ask that person to take it down I mean what would you suggest yeah so there's a couple things so I guess the first thing I should have said in the very beginning I always forget this because I wear two hats but just in case anyone listening I'm I'm not your attorney Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is not legal advice right oh yes (laughs) put your disclaimer out there (laughs) this is my little this is my legal disclaimer I'm not your attorney these are hypothetical situations Um, right I'm not giving legal advice but right um, cause this is like a legal consulting capacity, but there's a couple of different things. So of course, you know, I have, I do have a course. I have mm-hmm. a, a copyright course It's called copyright 101. And I take through nuts and bolts, you know, every single thing that you need to do, what, what intellectual property is. I explain all of it, you know, what the different, we talked about a little bit earlier, what the different qualifications you are, you have to have to meet the standard under the law, how you register, how you give notice, then mm-hmm. infringement, how do you protect it? All of that good stuff, that'll give you a real holistic picture. But for this very short, you know, 40, 50 minute mm-hmm. call, probably the easiest thing people should understand and the easiest takeaway that you can do is there's something called the, um, the Digital Millennium Copyright Act. Mm-hmm. It was passed, you know, a couple of years ago to protect situations like this. Mm-hmm. And every single website, internet company, social media company, They're all regulated by the DMCA. And so that means if you see, and social media is the easiest, they're the easiest ones to deal with. Mm. So if you see that someone has taken your picture on Instagram, put it on their own, Mm -hmm. their own feed. And remember, this is a business decision. You don't Mm -hmm. always want to go straight to the DMCA and report a violation. Sometimes it's a lot Mm -hmm. smarter. And I love to talk about this because a lot of lawyers don't talk about this. Sometimes it's a lot smarter not to jump to the, you know, I'm going to go after mm-hmm. them and blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you and just ask. Out, just yeah. ask. And you, you might mm-hmm. even make, make a new client. You might exactly. even say like, hey, this is really flattering. I love that you enjoy my photo. However, this is really a business for me. This is what I charge. I would love to work with you. Let's talk about mm-hmm. how we can work together. And, you know, right. I think in a lot of ways, that's a smarter way to go. And a lot of people don't use the business approach. They go straight to being offended and upset and, you know, wanting to take it down that they don't, they lose that business opportunity. So I, yeah. I always say, wear your business hat first, figure out, and you know, you might piss someone off who might be a fan as well. So you, I choose, and I tell people to do this delicately and, you know, see, mm-hmm. but if you know, this guy's an infringer, they've done it multiple times, guy or gal or whatever, mm-hmm. <laughs> I've done it multiple times right? and you don't want to make it nice to them. You just want it taken down. So you file, it's called a DMCA takedown notice. You can Google it. I go over it mm-hmm. in the course step-by-step step and explain how to do it. But it, it, once you go to the website, you can kind of figure it out. There's like five, I think there's five or six very specific requirements. 
that have to be in the letter. A lot of the websites and social media like Twitter, I just did this mm -hmm. for Twitter. Someone had my book. It, Twitter has a form that you just fill out their form and they include the five mm. or the six requirements. So they make it super easy. And I believe Instagram has the same thing. Some mm -hmm. websites will not have this and you'll have to actually go on the DMCA. You'll have to Google it and see what the takedown notice has to have in it. Usually it's like, you know, you got to have proof of that you are the actual copyright owner. Of course. You have to, you know, show them where the violation occurred, you know, yada, mm -hmm. yada, yada, all that stuff. Right. But with social media, it's usually pretty, pretty easy. You just find, you know, look on their links where they have it. Twitter's super easy to find it. You report a violation. They make you fill out the form. It takes a couple of minutes, 10 minutes or whatever. And then they usually take it down right away within 24, 48 hours. And then oh, they wow. do give the other side an opportunity to argue it or whatever. But mm -hmm. I, I personally haven't had anyone fight back. I don't know. Everyone's going to have a different experience. But right. that's, that's really the easiest way to start. If for whatever reason, if it's not on an internet website, Mm -hmm. You can also, you know, send someone a cease and desist letter. That's a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And you don't need do you have to, to have an that. attorney for that or can you draw it no. up yourself? <laughs> no. So, again, I have like I show everyone how to do this on the course, but you can Google this, too. I mean, you want okay. it to look really professional and there's elements that of should course. have in it. There's things that you should be asserting. And, you know, the, the language is going to be important, the way that you write it, because mm -hmm. it's got to be professional and it's got to, you know, make people nervous. And let them understand this is a real thing. Um, right. You don't need a lawyer for that. You don't need a lawyer for that. Oh, okay. And, you know, that, that, now, you keep really saying true. your course. So is it a course that, when is your course? Is it an automatic course that's downloadable? Like you buy it and it's downloadable? Or are you having one coming up? What is your course? It is. So I, I actually have two things. So I have my copyright course. It's like my premier educational copyright 101 class and it goes through like I said all the ins and outs everything you absolutely need to know about copyright you know I, I really think mm -hmm. it's all the imperative stuff anyone who's putting things out there as a business really mm -hmm. needs to know and I go through I teach all these forms how to do them yourself you don't need a lawyer it's all you know how to register the, there's a lot of really tricky things about registration that people don't know and so mm -hmm. I kind of go through all of that and it's it's an automatic automatic download you get oh, okay cool group where I pop mm -hmm. and I answer questions in my Facebook group um, I'm super, like, I love connecting with people. I'm super interactive. I have, you know, my students that they direct message me. I respond. They email me. So that's, mm -hmm. I think it's a really, really great value, and it's got all the necessities you really need if you're serious about mm -hmm. your business. And okay. then I do also, because I love to provide value and I love to help people, it's not all about the money for me. <laughs> like, if it wasn't right. state of my law firm, I've got a free, I also have a free master class that I really encourage people to start with. And it goes through my five biggest copyright mistakes that I often see creators make. And I tell you like what they are and how to fix them. So it's got tremendous oh, cool. value. And it's totally free. Oh, that's really nice. So you can find that on Rec Talk Ross, right? We can just yeah, go there yeah. for anybody. Really just cool. Go oh, good. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna Rec look Talk at that. <laughs> and I, I mean, I send it to everyone and people are always, I mean, my friends kind of yell at me. They're like, I can't believe this is free. Like you should right. be charging for this because it, yeah. it really does have a lot of great value. But for me, it's not like, yes, mm -hmm. it's great to, you know, make money. It is a business as well. But a huge part of it for me is really giving back and helping the community. And so there are things I want to do where I'm not charging money because not everyone is in the place that they can afford a course. And I want right. to really yeah. help people. Yeah, especially with them, with all the social media and stuff. And we're going to start talking yeah. about social media here in a second. We're, yeah. but, but, but you're blogging. Now, You when you blog, are your, most of your blogs about this stuff or are most of your blogs about your passion of books? Yeah, or both. so I've been blogging. I've been <laughs> or blogging both. Since 2013. <laughs> or both, or both. Right. I've been blogging since 2013. So I would say the majority, at least the older stuff, is definitely... Mm -hmm. I'm like the biggest book nerd you'll ever meet. I just, I love books. I love reading. I love talking about them. So do I. I love reading too. <laughs> I, so I like, and I, and all storytelling too, right? Like I love movies. Mm -hmm. I love TV. I love screenplays, all of that. So um, most of my blog, probably up until the last year or so before I realized, hey, I really want to help mm -hmm. creatives. And I saw what a huge need there was in the community. Mm -hmm. I'd say up until that point, it's mostly about my writing, writing, and books that mm -hmm. I love, and just tons of reading recommendations. But then once I decided, like, this is an avenue I want to really explore, I want to really help people, 
I have started putting up really helpful posts. Mm -hmm. So you, so you like review, do you review books on your blogs? Like you, you like say, I love this book. So I don't, it's such a funny question. So I don't, um, because I think I take a really unique stand on it because I'm an author as well. I don't actually review books. Okay, because hold your thought right there. Right. Yes. Hold your, I'm okay. sorry. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I know we're coming up to a break. So hold your thought. No, and then we're going to go. We're going to come back in two minutes, guys. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Two minutes. Welcome back. Okay, so Liani, we were talking about, we're just segueing into your blogging. So what is it about the books that you blog? Because you were saying that you don't really review books on your blog. That's not what yes. it's about. Yeah, so this is just a personal, this is a personal mm-hmm. thing for me. So as an author myself, mm-hmm. I have so much respect for people that write a book, regardless of, you know, how it actually turns out. The fact mm-hmm. that someone, because I know how hard it is just to put pen to paper and the commitment mm-hmm. it takes to, you know, it's not just one chapter. It's, you know, an entire book that you have to push out. Mm-hmm. And for me, I just, I don't want to, the way the review works, I tried it when I first started out and it's like, you get a book mm. and then mm-hmm. it's, there's kind of like a commitment that if you're getting the book, the exchanges, you're going to review it. It's not the actually of a good review, but you're going to review it. Right. And so if I got a book that I didn't like, I had mm-hmm. to either, and for me, the lawyer part too, like I'm so ethical. I couldn't mm-hmm. say that I loved a book or I liked the book mm-hmm. if I generally didn't feel that way. It's so sure. important to be authentic. And so I was like having difficulty with the obligation and the commitment Mm -hmm. to review the book, but then not necessarily enjoying it and having to be honest and not wanting to, you know, I don't know the word, like just be not disrespectful, but just like Mm -hmm. not appreciate the effort it took by critiquing it. And it is really just not for me. And so what I like to do is I like to talk about books I love Mm -hmm. and just because I love them, not because I'm getting it for free or, you know, mm-hmm. because I'm doing a collab or whatever. I do still mm-hmm. do collaborations for a lot of different reasons, but it's never, it's never for me personally, like I get something and then I say that the book was great. I just, right. I don't want to do that. I don't, it's not for me ethically. And if other mm-hmm. people, you know, this is not anything, with, everyone can do their own thing and it's not a judgment mm-hmm. whatsoever. It's just not, it's not for me. So I, all of my, you know, everything I put on there, it's, you know, boosting books that I love and I really want to mm-hmm. share with when I want people to find, but it's not ever like, right. I gotcha. Yeah. It's not like a review and you do it on your social media and you do little videos too, where you talk about the books that you love. So yeah, let's segue right into social media. Cause you're so cute. Cause we had a phone conversation yesterday, just going over today and she's like, I love social media. (laughs) And I think it's awesome that you do not all creatives. I know do, um, I have a lot of friends who are like artists and they're very internal and they like to create, but, but putting themselves out there is really difficult. So I'll let you go. So what do you want to tell us about social media? What should we like be doing? What shouldn't we be doing? Where should we be as creatives since you're the expert? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's funny because I always consider my, you know, my lanes are like writing, you know, fiction writing. Mm -hmm. I'm an expert in that and the legal stuff. I'm an expert in that. But I, you know, probably I would say within the last couple of years, I've really built up an expertise as well mm-hmm. in yeah, understanding absolutely. social media and helping people. It's not something I feel like monetizing, but I really just enjoy it. And for right. me, it's all about the golden era of like, this is, this is our chance as artists to really level the playing field. Like we don't need those big publishers anymore. We don't need mm-hmm. a big film studio. We can do it ourselves. But in order to do that, you've got to do it the right way. Because you can write the right. most perfect book in the world, but if no one mm-hmm. ever sees it, what does that matter? It doesn't. I know. People I know. see your work in mm-hmm. order for you to get that credit and get what you deserve as an artist. And so I really, I love social media because I think that's the greatest way we can get out there. It's, you know, ads are fun too. And, you know, the media and all that, but that'll cost money, right? Yes. And I mm-hmm. think that's a great avenue to go to once you're making money, but most artists are not making money when they start out. But social media, right. it's free, right? Mm-hmm. It's free. You right. can even do it on, right. your, on your, your camera phone these days. You don't even mm-hmm. need... Right. DSLR. You don't need the equipment anymore. No. You and let me tell it. you, those apps on those camera phones are amazing. Like they I, be, you know how much I use my phone now more when I photograph than my actual I really agree. expensive camera equipment. 
I agree. I agree. So I always encourage, even though it's not part of like my, you know, my mm-hmm. vein, I really mm-hmm. like to encourage artists to really get, you know, get educated on social media and find something that works for them. And I know you don't love it, but if you want people to hear your message and see your art, you really, mm-hmm. I think you're mm-hmm. doing yourself a disservice by not figuring right. out and getting in the game. And I think personally, it's really mm-hmm. going to depend on what your, what mm-hmm. your art is. So mm-hmm. I can tell you if you are doing, you know, things I've learned along the way from other experts I follow in books and I've taken a lot mm-hmm. of courses. If you're doing nonfiction, mm-hmm. LinkedIn is a fantastic place to be. LinkedIn is so hot right now. Really? Good to know. Okay. You should be on it. You should be on it. I have so an account, but I'm never, I'm not on it enough. Okay. So Good to know. It's one of the best places to get organic reach right now. Um, okay. The algorithm is the algorithm is super favorable. So if okay. you post something and one of your friends likes it, every single person in their community is going to see it, which is totally to different from Instagram or Facebook. So yeah. I, you know, I, I'm on it for the legal stuff. I'm not on it necessarily for the fiction, but mm-hmm. I, I do post the legal stuff on there. So LinkedIn, it's huge. It's one of like the biggest things for 2021. If mm. if it's a good niche for you, if that's right, nonfiction, that's right. Because I'm nonfiction. I'm nonfiction. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Inspirational. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, okay. if you're a photographer, but if you're a photographer for, you know, businesses, I'd be there too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. So that's okay. a fantastic place. The other really emerging thing is TikTok. People think, oh, TikTok is for like little kids, but it's not. TikTok, mm-hmm. again, they haven't yet, you know, messed up the algorithm. So TikTok is the one place where you can go and you don't have to. You don't have to be beautiful. You don't have to be like a huge right. production. Like you don't have mm-hmm. to be a superstar Instagram model. None of that matters. All that matters mm-hmm. is really pure and simple right now. It's your content. If you put out content that is interesting or engaging and it's very targeted, so you target it with your hashtag to try mm-hmm. and get your niche. But you it's video. TikTok, you're it's doing video. video. You're not doing you're like doing Instagram. Video. See, Instagram right. in a lot of ways works because I do photos a lot and photos, it works, ah, you know. But TikTok but would not, good. right, right. But go ahead, except, go ahead. Except photos are not good on Instagram anymore, but we'll do that last I time. noticed. I yeah, so noticed. Like, mm-hmm. So we can talk about that. But TikTok, I tell everyone, I encourage everyone, TikTok okay. is like the wild, wild west still. You can get home, <laughs> you can get your piece of land. You, if you put something good out there, you can get 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 eyeballs on it. There is nothing wow. else like that right now in social media. There's not. Okay. So I have a TikTok I, account also because my niece made me create one and I haven't, I never use it. So, okay. I'm getting good tips here personally. So good to incredible. know. incredible. I've seen okay. authors, I've seen businesses blow up. Okay. And then Good you, to you, know. you know you push people. You link your Instagram on it. You link your website. You push people sure. where you want them to go, but they find you there. So TikTok Got is it. huge. The algorithm's super favorable. You know, people you get really noticed there. And then we'll talk about Instagram. So mm-hmm. I that's where I got my you know, that's where I really invested most of my time. It's really where I kinda got my start as like Instagram. Instagram and right. Instagrammer. Mm-hmm. I still will always like Instagram. I will always be on Instagram, but the algorithm is so difficult right now. It's really yes, I do notice that. Play. It's mm-hmm. become a pay to play, pay to play platform, and I don't yes. think it's going back. Mm-hmm. So if I noticed, and a lot of other artists, creatives have I have noticed it too. Yeah, yeah. go ahead. If mm-hmm. you have the money for ads, it's still fantastic, like mm-hmm. amazing reach. If you want to spend money. Or mm-hmm. if you, you know, have 500,000 followers, it's still good. But anything less than that, people mm-hmm. are really having a difficult time growing. The one thing that is helping, you said photos, and I was going to say photos are not getting any engagement anymore. Mm-hmm. It's, all yeah, about, it's all about reels, and it's all about IGTV, and you've got to do mm-hmm. those. Okay. So, plus, mm-hmm. it's like Instagram's a little robot, so it's like not only do you have to do those are its babies that it wants to see, but you've got to push all the robots buttons. So you also have to do your IG lives. You got to do your IG TVs. You got to mm. engage with people. You've got to comment. Instagram wants you to. Instagram is a jealous spouse. It wants all your time. So mm. unless you're gonna make a living off of Instagram, you yeah, no, yeah, I think it's a great place to be. It's like it's like your calling mm-hmm. card. You want to have followers. You want to have stuff on it. You want people to be able to find you. But 
it's really hard to grow. So I would focus Yeah, on I don't. That's interesting because I don't want to be a social media influencer. I just want to have, you know, when I put out my work or my photos or my books, I just want them to get some, you know, seen and get traction. You know, I don't yeah. want to be like, I don't need to be an influencer because that's not where my creative energy is. You know, like yeah. I want to be creating. I want to be making books. I want to be photographing. I want to be doing my artwork. And so, but I, it's funny yeah. that you said this about Instagram because you confirmed what I have been thinking about the yeah. algorithms and I'm just like wow they are really making it now it's Facebook it hard. I get a lot of engagement in Facebook not on my personal page necessarily but I'm in a lot of groups that have yes. similar interests yes. as me so, and so yes, in so, Facebook yes. I work a lot and I get a lot from it because I'm in these groups and I engage with with other people who I, are into the same stuff I am Mm -hmm. I agree with you 1000%. So I was going to say for Facebook, I hate Facebook with a passion. The regular like <laughs> friend and family feed right. group, I hate it. I don't want to see your political posts. I don't want to see your fun. Like, I'm not a bad person. I just, I don't want to see it. It brings me down every time I see it. Right, process. right. But Facebook groups are life-changing. Yes. Facebook, and I, yes. I have one. I have one. So if anyone wants to read or write or whatever, I'm at the book notes by Rev Talk Ross. But I, I'm, I love Facebook groups. I'm obsessed. I'm in so many. They're so mm -hmm. amazing. I've met so many amazing people. So Me I too. Think a great place. Me too. Great place. Mm -hmm. And then Clubhouse. Because I know we're almost out of time. Clubhouse is the new hot thing. Yes. What is Clubhouse? Up. So, yeah. So you got to tell me about Clubhouse. Yes. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> so you need to get on it, Melissa. And your colleagues okay. and your listeners as well need to. But it's okay. a new hot thing. It's right now it's still in beta, I believe. Although they're okay. going to roll it out. So right now, I think you have to get an invitation, but you okay. know, you just ask your friends in your network. A lot of people are getting on there, but it's okay. an audio. It's an audio only app, which is amazing. It's kind of oh like my god, audio only. Yes. Oh god, that's I have what, so much yes. content. Holy I, cow! To be on it. But, but you don't play your audio, so everything's live. No, so no, live. yeah, I would do it live. I do the show live. That's yeah. easy. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly right. So it's um. I would say it's kind of a hybrid between a podcast and a webinar. So like, or a podcast and a, and a networking event. So, you, you know, there's little, there's rooms, people start rooms. Anyone can go into the room who wants to listen in. It's all audio. People are talking. You know, there's different topics, whatever you want to create your room topic on. And then people ask questions. And it's like an amazing connection. Like I've already heard, I'm a huge Gary Vee fan. I just think he's mm. like, Amazing. I love listening to him. Lewis Howes is another one I really mm -hmm. like. I've been able mm -hmm. to get in on, you know, on their, mm -hmm. their room and listen to them live. Like the content, these people make hundreds of thousands of dollars when they speak and they're doing this now right for free. And you wow. can even, if you're lucky enough, you get to ask them a question. So the kind of exposure you wouldn't even get if you paid $3,000 to go to, you know, one of their conferences, you might not even get to ask a question or the same experience. And we're doing it. They're doing it now on Clubhouse. So, so how long is your, amazing. how long are you, are, are your audios on Clubhouse? They can be as long as you want or do like people so have, they have time limits or? It's just an open room. You just, it's kind of like, did you ever do AOL chat rooms when you're growing up? Yes. Yes. I remember. So it's, exactly, so you, so it's literally like that because it's audio. So people just, they create them or you can create your own and they can uh. go. I mean, I've seen ones where I pop in in the morning to see what rooms are open and then I go in at, you know, 11 o'clock at night and that room's still going. Oh my God. Okay. That's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, you have to send me an invite then so I can check okay. it out. Okay. <laughs> we will talk offline. <laughs> really quick. All right. Uh, Cause I've been, I, I've heard this happen to somebody that I know their Instagram feed got shut down and in, in, and I've been hearing about because they're paying for followers or likes. So what do you think about that? Because a lot of people are doing that paying for followers and likes for Instagram. You know, I have mixed feelings about it. I think, like, mm -hmm. I don't, I know people that use social media companies, right? So, mm -hmm. in a way, I, way, yeah, that's paying for followers, I guess. I mean, you're paying someone, right? right. And then they're mm -hmm. delivering to you whatever way mm -hmm. they do. Maybe it's their content's better. They know how to reach people, their hashtags, mm -hmm. whatever. And maybe some of them have bots. I really don't know, but I know people who use them and it's legitimate. It's a real company mm -hmm. and they get followers mm -hmm. that way. And I do think there's something to say on something like Instagram where, when mm -hmm. you have really low numbers, you don't mm -hmm. have that social proof and people are looking for social proof. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, like, I don't know about what buying followers. Like, I think that there's ways 
that makes sense to me or seem ethical mm-hmm. where it's an actual organization doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like the same as social media manager. So I don't really see a problem with that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, at some point, I think it's kind of a waste. Once mm-hmm. you've reached a certain level, it's really not about how many followers you have. It's about how engaged people are. So I've mm-hmm. heard stories of people that have 500,000 followers, but they can't, you know, sell an ebook for nine bucks. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. They don't care. They're not engaged. And then there's micro influencers that have, you know, 5,000 and they're all organically grown followers that are rabid fans. And whatever Mm -hmm. that person puts out, those people buy. So like Mm. numbers don't matter. I think once you, you know, it's hard when you have a hundred followers, right? Yeah, of course. But once you get to a certain baseline, I think it's kind of, I don't think it makes sense to have to be paying for followers, but you know, it's hard to say when people don't have any that like yeah. there's not a method to hiring a social media person who can deliver for whatever whatever way they do it. I don't think bots are great, but not all these people use bots. Like right. you spend a lot of money and they figure out how to get people to your page. Well, Maybe thank you. We're like out of time. We have like a minute left. So tell oh. people how they can find you and follow okay. you. Okay. So I'm at Rectoc Ross, R-E-K-T-O-K. R-O-S-S on all social media. So everything we talked about, you know, TikTok, Instagram, whatever, find me there. My website, www.reptalkross.com. You can find my book. It's coming out Ski Weekend, Young Adult Survival Thriller, October 2021. And my online courses are all there as well, including the free one. Thank you so much, Liani. Oh, my God. That was so much fun. Thank you, guys. Thank Thank you for listening to Postcards to the Universe with Melissa, creating the life you crave. Wishing everyone a wonderful week filled with joy, abundance, and passion. And I'll see you next time. Peace.